exist in you as one spiritual energy, but the material modes which cause happiness, misery, and mixtures of the two do not exist in you, for you have no material qualities. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare The essential portion of the Sandini potency is Shuddha Sattva. Lord Krishna's existence rests upon it. Nata Pittastana Griha Sanasana Aro Ishap Krishna Shuddha Sattvira Vikaro Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Dama Hare Dama Rama Hare Krishna's mother, father, abode, house, bedding, seats, and so on are all transformations of Shuddha Sattva. Purport. Lord Krishna's father, mother, and household affairs are all displayed in the same Vishuddha Sattva existence. A living entity situated in the status of pure goodness can understand the form, qualities, and other features of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Krishna consciousness begins on the platform of pure goodness. Although there is a faint realization of Krishna at first, Krishna is actually realized as Vasudev, the absolute proprietor of omnipotence or the prime predominating deity of all potencies. When the living entity is situated in Vishuddha Sattva, transcendental to the three material modes of nature, he can perceive the form, quality, and other features of the Supreme Personality of Godhead through his service attitude. Through what? His service attitude. Service attitude. The status of pure goodness is the platform of understanding for the Supreme Lord is always in spiritual existence. Krishna is always all spiritual. Aside from the parents, 
of the personality of Godhead. All the other paraphernalia of his existence are also essentially a manifestation of Sandini Shakti, or a transformation of Vishuddha Sattva. To make this more clear, it may be said that this Sandini Shakti of the internal potency maintains and manifests all the variegatedness of the spiritual world. In the kingdom of God, the Lord's servants and maidservants, his consorts, his father and mother, and everything else are all transformations of the spiritual existence of Sandini Shakti. The existential Sandini Shakti in the external potency similarly expands all the variegatedness of the material cosmos from which we can have a glimpse of the spiritual field. Sattvam Vishuddham Vasudeva Shabditam Yet Iyadhe Tatra Puman Apabrata Sattve Tasmin Bhagavan Vasudeva the condition of pure goodness, Shuddha Sattva, in which the Supreme Personality of Godhead is revealed without any covering is called Vasudeva. In that pure state, the Supreme Godhead who is beyond the material senses and who is known as Vasudeva is perceived by my mind. This text from Srimad Bhagavatam 4, 3, 23, spoken by Lord Shiva when he condemned Daksha, the father of Sati, as an opponent of Vishnu, confirms beyond a doubt that Lord Krishna, his name, his fame, his qualities, and everything in connection with his paraphernalia exists in the Sandini Shakti of the Lord's internal potency. Bhagavata Jnana Sampitera Sa Brahma Jnana Tikasha Tara Hariva Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare The essence of the Samvit potency is knowledge that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Lord Krishna. All other kinds of knowledge, such as the knowledge of Brahman, are its components. Purport. The activities of the Samvit Shakti produce the effect of cognition. Both the Lord and the living entities are cognizant. Sri Krishna, as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, has full knowledge of everything everywhere. And therefore, there are no hindrances to his cognition. He can have knowledge merely by glancing over an object, whereas innumerable impediments block the cognition of ordinary living beings. The cognition of the living beings has three divisions, direct knowledge, indirect knowledge, and perverted knowledge. Sense perception of material objects by the mundane senses, such as the eye, ear, nose, and hand, always produces definitely perverted knowledge. This illusion is a presentation of the material energy 
which is influenced by the samvit shakti in a perverted manner. Negative cognition of an object beyond the reach of sense perception is the way of indirect knowledge, which is not altogether perfect, but which produces only fragmentary knowledge in the form of impersonal spiritual realization and monism. But when the sumbit factor of cognition is enlightened by the hladini potency of the same internal energy, they work together and only thus can one attain knowledge of the personality of Godhead. The sumbit shakti should be maintained in that state. Material knowledge and indirect spiritual knowledge are byproducts of the sambit shakti. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Dama, Hare Dama, Dama Dama, Hare Hare. Nira Sar Prem, Prem Sar Baba, Baba Nira Paramakashta Dama Baba. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Dama, Hare Dama, Dama Dama, Hare Hare. The essence of the Hladini potency is love of God. The essence of love of God is emotion, bhava, and the ultimate development of emotion is Mahabhava. The product of the Hladini Shakti is love of Godhead, which has two divisions, namely pure love of Godhead and adulterated love of Godhead. Only when the Hladini Shakti emanates from Sri Krishna and is bestowed upon the living being to attract him, does the living being become a pure lover of God. But when the same Hladini Shakti is adulterated by the external material energy and emanates from the living being, it does not attract Krishna. On the contrary, the living being becomes attracted by the glamour of the material energy. At that time, instead of becoming mad with love of Godhead, the living being becomes mad after material sense enjoyment. And because of his association with the qualitative modes of material nature, he is captivated by its interactions of distressful, unhappy feelings. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Dama, Hare Dama, Dama Hare. Mahabhava Swarupshri, Radha Thakurani, Radha Thakurani is the embodiment of Mahabhava. She is the repository of all good qualities and the crest jewel among all the loveliest consorts of Lord Krishna. The unadulterated action of the Hladini Shakti is displayed in the dealings of the damsels of Raja and Srimati Radharani, who is the topmost participant in that transcendental group. The essence of the Vladini Shakti is love of Godhead. 
the essence of love of Godhead is bhava, or transcendental sentiment, and the highest pitch of that bhava is called mahabhava. Srimati Radharani is the personified embodiment of these three aspects of transcendental consciousness. She is therefore the highest principle in love of Godhead and is the supreme lovable object of Shri Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare. Tayor ap yubayor maje, radika sarvatarika, mahabhava sarupiyam, unar ati variyasi. Of these two gopis, Radharani and Chandravali, Srimati Radharani is superior in all respects. She is the embodiment of Mahabhava, and she surpasses all in good qualities. This is a quotation from Srila Rupa Goswami's Ujvala Nilamani, Radha Prakarana 3. Krishna Prima Bhavita Jara Chantendriya Kaya Krishna Nija Shakti Radha Kridara Sahaya Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Her mind, senses and body are steeped in love for Krishna. She is Krishna's own energy and she helps him in his pastimes. Srimati Radharani is as fully spiritual as Krishna. No one should consider her to be material. She is definitely not like the conditioned souls who have material bodies, gross and subtle, covered by material senses. She is all spiritual, and both her body and her mind are of the same spiritual embodiment. Because her body is spiritual, her senses are also spiritual. Thus her body, mind, and senses fully shine in love of Krishna. She is the personified Ladini Shakti, the pleasure-giving energy of the Lord's internal potency. And therefore, she is the only source of enjoyment for Sri Krishna. Sri Krishna cannot enjoy anything that is internally different from him. Therefore, Radha and Sri Krishna are identical. The Sandini portion of Sri Krishna's internal potency has manifested the all-attractive form of Sri Krishna, and the same internal potency in the Haladini feature has presented Srimati Radharani, who is the attraction for the all-attractive. No one can match Srimati Radharani in the transcendental pastimes of Sri Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare, Hare Rama,
privilege of reading the Sri Chaitanya Charnamrita, the crest jewel of all Vaishnav literatures. Those who 
relish the Chaitanya Charitamrita are the most fortunate. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Prabhupada, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada used to relish reading Srimad, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and commented that it's the most important of all Vaishnava literatures. Actually, all the Srimad Bhagavatam teachings are there in ways that we can relate them to the daily life of a devotee. Sri Chaitanya Charamrita was in his Acharya Lila and therefore enacted the life of a Bhagavat, showing how devotees chant together, take prasadam together, visit the Lord together, go to the holy places, and distribute love of God together. And it so much resembles what we have in our daily activities in ISKCON formed around this example of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates. And those who follow in the footsteps of the Goswamis of Vrindavan and the associates of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by practically enacting the Sankirtan movement by expanding the Sankirtan movement and all the activities are, that are involved in doing that, perfectly follow in the footsteps of these great acharyas and therefore find themselves advancing in devotional service. And so today, in today's verses, we're hearing about the Shaktis of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And as Jiva Goswami points out in his Sandarbha, that the shaktis of the Lord all, are all important. This is the difference between understanding personalism and impersonalism. The Supreme Personality of God has unlimited potencies, and these are personified. He always appears with his shaktis, not just alone, nor does he expand himself and then become amorphous or impersonal. But he eternally exists in the spiritual world with his devotees. And sometimes, from time to time, he comes, yada yadahi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata, to the material world and enacts his pastimes. He also comes in many different forms. In fact, Bhavayat Yesha Satvena Lokan Bhai Lokabhavana Lila Vatananurato Devatiryan Naradishu. Correct? Which verse is that? Pandits? Bhavayat Yesha Satvena Lokan Bhai Lokabhavana Lila Vatananurato. Yes. This is from um, Srimad Bhagatam, first canto, second chapter. It's the last verse, verse number 34. Very good, Shraddha. You got it down. So, really? yes, the, the 34 verses, second, uh, second canto, first canto, second chapter. Everyone should memorize those 34. Niharika knows them, right? Pretty much? 90%? Try to memorize all those, those 34. 
just for walking around the world in the Vaishnava society, you should know those 34 verses. Because then you'll be, people can understand, oh, here's somebody serious. They know these 34. Be able to pick them out of a hat. In that last verse, Sutta Goswami says, the Lord appears in all the different species of life. Bhavya esha sattvena. He's of the quality of pure goodness. He appears in the world, and not just in human society, but all the different societies of animals, trees, vegetables. The Lord appears in order to attract the attention of the wayward living entities who have been entangled in the material energy. Is by the mercy of the Lord and his devotees that one can reestablish oneself in the process of devotional service. And that process is taught by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his devotees. And it is systematic in that anyone who takes to the chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra will, by stages, advance, and one's faith will thicken. And this is the symptom of one who's advancing in the process of devotional service. One's faith becomes thickened. Yadrishi, yadrishi, shraddha, siddhir, bhavati, tadrishi. The more that one's faith thickens, the more one becomes advanced in devotional service. And what does that mean? That there are many different processes that people, uh, living entities, take to in order to find happiness or improve themselves. The paths are summarized, karma, jnana, bhakti. But if you take to the process, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches Sanatana Goswami of karma or jnana, unless it has bhakti mixed in with it, it will not be effective. You won't be able to move in that process at all. It has to have at least a touch of bhakti. Whereas in bhakti, one doesn't need karma or jnana at all in order to advance. In fact, Mahaprabhu quotes, Shraddha Shabdi Vishwas Kohe Suridana Shtroy Krishna Bhakti Koila Sarva Karma Kritahoi. Faith means, thickening faith means to understand this fact. Here's your title, Monisha, thickening faith. Means to understand this fact that just by doing bhakti, Everything else is done. All karma, all jnana, everything else is completed. You don't need karma and jnana. Sarvapadivanir muktam tatpratpaina nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevanam bhaktir uchite. And secondly, from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, quoted by Rupa Goswami, Bhakti, which is freed from karma and jnana, is the pure path of bhakti. And then there's the cultivation of anushilanam, favorable activities in bhakti. If you have that, then everything else will be completed. 
if you take to the path of, of karma, as an example, you have to depend on your previous karma in order to fulfill any desires you might have. Karma jnana, because you're depending on your own strength. And you may or may not get your objective. Whereas when you take to bhakti, Krishna personally fulfills all, all of your desires, removes all obstacles on the path. Uh, and it doesn't matter what your past karma was. So those who know this, Vedeshu yageshu tapasu chaiva, Daneshu yapunya palam pratishtam, Adyeti tatsarva idam viditva yogi param stanam upaiti chadyam, Krishna assures us, they complete all the different kinds of activities that lead to some results, including studying the Vedas, performing tapasya, giving in charity, just by doing bhakti. And if one is engaged in bhakti, one's no longer obligated to one's karmic responsibilities. This is mentioned in Bhagavatam also, that one is not a rine or a debtor if one takes exclusively to the path of bhakti. Devarshi bhutatnam nrinam pitrinam nakinkaro nayam ranicharajan sarvatmana yashvaranam sharanyam gato mukundam parihritakartam. We normally, don't we, Sadhu Vrindavan Prabhu, have debts to the devas. How do we have debts to the devas, Sadhu? Uh, Did you get a bill in the mail from the Davis? Did Surya send you a little envelope saying you, you took so much sunlight? I'm giving you vitamin D, free vitamin D, you should pay. Well, we didn't get the bill, but it's there, right? So, Devarshi, Bhutapandrinam, Pitrinam, they're living entities. There are forefathers, there are parents. We owe a debt to all of them. We have a karmic debt. But if one takes to bhakti, then one's absolved of all other types of debts because that's all paid by paying directly to Krishna, surrendering oneself to Krishna. So the path of bhakti is perfect. And the more we can consolidate our activities towards executing bhakti and the 64 activities of bhakti and focus our minds and hearts on that practice, then the more we'll advance in life, the happier we'll become, the more obstacles will be removed. And even if we do have some kind of lingering material desires, Krishna will also assist us in that way. It says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that those who take to bhakti, but then they become dissuaded or distracted by sense gratification. Krishna said, this is like, okay, there's two pots in front of you, little clay pots. One of them has nectar in it. You drink it, you become, it's not only, it's the most 
ambrosial taste you've ever tasted, but it's also you you live eternally. You have that in mind? It's on your desk right now. And the other one is a little pot about the same. It's about the same size. There you go. But it has poison in it. And you drink it and it tastes terrible and you die. Or maybe it tastes okay, but then you die. So then which one do you take? Well, counterintuitively, many people, even with the choice of the two pots, Krishna says they drink from the poison pot instead. Who knows why? It's one of the great mysteries of the world, why the living entity goes nuts and does the wrong thing that's against his, her interest. But it happens. So Krishna says, okay, little Jiva, you're a fool. But I'm not a fool. What I'm going to do is, even though you're going for the wrong thing, I'm going to make it right. Because you're in the path of bhakti, even though you have some lingering material desires, I'm going to put my foot on those material desires. And then you're going to end up just with the sweetness of worshiping my lotus feet. Satyam dishati artito artito rinam naivartito yat puna artito yata swayam vidate bhajatam anichatam ichapitaadam nijapadapalavam. Krishna says this. If you, you come to bhakti, but then you still have material desires and go, oh, please let me have the poison back. Krishna, okay, here you go, little fella. But he'll do it in such a way that he'll force you to drink the nectar and take his lotus feet. So bhakti is the perfect path for every soul in this world. And the perfect way to follow it is to hear from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, the philosophy as spoken by Mahaprabhu and his disciples, and follow in the footsteps of the uh, Panchatattva, how they conducted their lives, what they did, how they ate, how they associated together, the etiquette they enacted between themselves and the devotees and the Vaishnavas. And if we follow that, then our lives will become sublime and perfect. And now I'm checking in on the scoreboard to see if there's any questions, reflections. Yes, there are. One came in at 9.12, Anupama Pandava, Pandav. How to teach to kids, how to encourage and involve them in this kirtan service. Well, one thing is, kids love kirtan. So first thing is to organize a kirtan so that people can come in and take part. Uh, kids can take part. Because once it's there, um, it's mesmerizing and nobody wants to stop, right? Even this virus tried to stop us, but somehow or other we created a space where we can have kirtan. It's not exactly like it was before, but at least we're doing it, right? And so our, our process is to create the environment so that kids or anybody else can come in and be together in a safe environment and hear and chant. At first, it seems like a bad idea because if the mind is addicted to other kinds of topics or screens, uh, watching games, playing games, listening to stupid stuff, 
it doesn't seem appealing. Like, why would I want to sit there and sing Hare Krishna or hear Srimad Bhagavatam or recite shlokas? But once the mind gets accommodated to the environment of hearing and chanting with the devotees, then it becomes purified. What's been your experience, Balaram, with sitting together with Vaishnavs? Like, let's just say from the, you know, you're a good test case because you grew up in Krishna consciousness, sitting around uh, hearing and chanting with, with devotees. And what kind of realizations did you go through? Um, initially, I wasn't very into it, but Kirtan was really something in my youth that kept me um, inclined to Krishna consciousness and inclined to hearing about Krishna. Um, and because the vibration is continuously going on and it's very, very nice to listen to compared to like a lecture where you have to really understand to um, engage in it and makes it really easy to perform kirtan and to perform hearing of the holy name. And I realized that by doing kirtan, you can um, it really elevates the, the atmosphere and it does set a tone for your day. Like the kirtans we have here in the program do set the tone for the day. And what about that, uh, how you mentioned how the classes, I mean, I've heard you say it before, classes seem like, you know, do I have to do this? And then, you know, maybe there's a switch that takes place at a certain time. How does it take place? What does it feel like when you actually um, think, oh, this is a this is not a bad idea? I don't know. It happened to me just one, like a one week or something. I was just like, this makes sense. And you start reading a little more and then you really spend time. And as you said, organize yourself to spend time, then automatically it really comes to you that this makes sense and you like it and then it's it's almost impossible to stop not liking it yeah so you can even remember that, that there was a particular period where you you felt a, a lights light bulb go on right yeah 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 it's amazing avantika what's been your experience of being around hearing and chanting kirtan and also uh you know like chanting millions of shlokas sitting there for hours and stuff like that or here sitting in classes i think if we measure up you'll have the most perfect attendance on your record and you're always there so like what's the attraction why why do it most kids are out doing other stuff um in general i think it's a really nice atmosphere to be around compared to what most other children are around. It's very sublime and you can tell it's different than what most people experience on a daily. And um, yeah, I really like enjoying, I really enjoy going to the temple to hear your lectures and kissing. That's the reason for my attendance. What about sitting in for hours chanting shloka after shloka after shloka? I mean, does that even make sense? <laughs> Um, I think I told you this once, but um, recently our school switched to a two-hour class schedule, and most children were really suffering for, for, for sitting through all that time. But for me, since, um, since like all the ISV children are trained to be sitting in classes for two-plus hours, it really wasn't difficult. So that's one connection I drew. What about the shlokas? Did they go in and like 
kind of repeat on you at a certain time? Like, was there any transformation where like, why so many shlokas? And then there was a thing like, well, the, there's actually something sweet to it. It's like, did you, did you feel any effect? Yeah, like sometimes in the, like throughout the day, I'll randomly just say shlokas without thinking about why I'm saying shlokas. And sometimes like the drone of the harmonium and just the whole atmosphere, like when we recite shlokas, it creates is really like purifying. You can just feel the atmosphere around you being purified by saying shlokas. I like what you said about how you could, you could, uh, there's a distinct difference in the atmosphere of sitting together, you know, for sadhu sangha, having kirtan and, and being around other kids for, uh, you know, something that's not related to uh, devotional service, right? The atmosphere is really different. Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, very interesting. K Monisha, realizations. Um, like, like, Gavaram and Avantika had mentioned. I think that um, kirtan and slogas are so important in my life specifically. And also, um, what, recently we were reading this really, really long article in class, and it's super, super. It was like, I think it was 50 pages. And so, um, slowly, slowly throughout the class, like one person, every person started turning off their camera, and like everyone was disappearing. And we get points for like reading. And so everyone just read a paragraph and then no one was responding. And so I read like the rest, all of the other pages and I was able to uh, pronounce these hard words. And, um, and it was just like, as soon as I saw a word that I, I didn't remember like extra, extraneously, we learned that a lot in youth jam. So I saw that word and I was like, oh, I know what that means. So I think that Shastras and Kirtan are so, so important and um, useful to cultivate education as well as knowledge. Yeah, so when you're kind of in that mood of, you're in that devotional tapasya, it prepares you for all the other different aspects of your life too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a interesting concept. We do yagya, we do tapasya, and actually we grow by it and we actually get happiness. Others try to avoid tapasya as much as possible, have no regulation. And, and then, you know, the very process of learning becomes an austerity because the mind's so distracted. I think those are really interesting uh, points. It's like a residual benefit in your whole life when you have this center point of practicing kirtan and doing shlokas and so forth. Let's see, is anybody hiding here? Oh, there's Priya Kishori. Now, Priya's been a, I mean, like the, the youth who has, um, you know, I don't know if she can even be categorized as a youth <laughs> anymore because she's growing up so fast, but you've been through the whole uh, ISV experience and around for so long, hearing and chanting and everything. What, what have your realizations and transformations been? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Oh, okay. Um, so, I uh, so a lot of people have asked me like, uh, um, how do you how do you write well? How do you speak well? Um, how do you have realizations? And I always attribute, and I'm always grateful that by hearing Srila Prabhupada's books um, through the guidance of my mother, 
um, through your guidance and reciting all these verses, I have had um, the, the foundation to look at my life from a very um, different standpoint. And um, no matter, like life has changed so much um, in every single stage and it has become more unpredictable, but the roots and the foundation that Srila Prabhupada and this ISV community um, has given me has always brought me back to the center. And I think this is going to be so crucial as I grow um, that, you know, I can understand and appreciate this value and always come back um, to Krishna consciousness as my life and soul. So this is how um, Shastra specifically has uh, helped me. Thank you, Preekashori. Let's hear from Srivatsa. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, yeah, um, reading reading shlokas at first was very difficult for me because at one point it just became rote memorization. And initially what fueled my reading shlokas is that I felt really cool reading them. And I felt like it was like an ego boost to an extent, but ego boosted practices don't last for a very long time. So at one point, what I used to do is that every time I was reading the verse at the same time, I used to read the translation with it. And that led to an appreciation for how perfect the philosophy is and how available the philosophy is because there are a lot of philosophies out there that are very um, incomplete, I guess. They're complete in some senses, but they're not completely complete. And by hearing you speak about the verses, hearing Srila Prabhupada, I came to this understanding that there's something more to be found here. And that was only to be found through reading shlokas. And the shlokas, they're able to provide like a really good reminder at really random times. Because anytime I'm going through a stressful time, uh, over the last year, I've had many like maturing experiences to say the least. But um, during those times, I noticed that it was always Bhagavatam verses that just popped up in my head for certain contexts that I was in. And those verses were like, oh, you're feeling anxiety now because you're identifying with your body. And it really put everything into such a, such a perfect perspective. And I'm just so thankful because without it, I'd be so confused as to where I was going and what I was trying to do. And um, uh, that there was something more to get out of life, out of just like running after, running after temporary things. So um, I'm very, very thankful for the community that I've grown up in because it's also important to be in a group of people that also embody what they preach. And ISV has been that because everyone's so enthusiastic to go in books all the time. Even when I'm not enthusiastic, everyone just drags me along and somehow or the other I end up having fun. So um, it's, it's really the perfect combination between chanting shlokas, reading Shastra, and like associating with devotees that are very enthusiastic about doing the same things and, and chanting the holy name. Thank you very much, Srivata. You know, a while back I was, well, living a month and or two ago, I was, uh, I started talking to some of my God brothers and God sisters who had been initiated when they were very young by Prabhupada. One of them is named Raghunath Prabhu. He's very thoughtful. You met him. He came here last year, I think. And uh, then it got me onto. Uh, talking to uh, quite a few of the young people that I could connect with. Well, they're not young now, <laughs> but they're uh, comparatively, you know, they, they took initiation, some of them when they were uh, 
in her teens or even younger. And, it's, you know, I was just asking him about what's the most important aspect for, for young people, kids even, being successful in uh, advancing in Krishna consciousness. Should I tell you what he said? He said, his, it was one sentence, and it was very spontaneous. He said, seeing peers doing great. Seeing peers doing great. He said, when you're in association with peers, when you're young, and you see that they're doing great, they're doing well in Krishna consciousness, it's the glue that holds the Sangha together. And I've heard that from some of you, uh, the, the, young, the young devotees, that say it's a holding together. Uh, so nicely because uh, of the association when you see others. Let's hear, let's hear from uh, you at Niharika. Um, I really love that point because association complete, completely makes a difference. Like when you're around peers that are doing better than you, you're automatically inspired to do more and do better. And it kind of even brings, brings a sense of like embarrassment if you don't do as for like, how others are doing and you're like okay I have to step up my game but initially um, I also didn't exactly want to sit in lectures or recite shlokas but my parents they always told me to actually like sit and listen um, so I kind of just made myself sit and listen and from that developed my um, attraction for hearing so I think if your parents tell you something kind of take the advice and just try it out and you'll probably gain an attraction to it very soon and I think a great place to start is Youth Jam because you get like the full experience, the whole environment of being in a family-like environment, um, being inspired by peers, reciting and hearing and doing kirtan. So it's really fun. And you really get the whole experience there. Yeah. Hey, way to go. That's a good advertisement for Youth Jam. I really like what you said, Niharika, about not feeling like sitting in the class but doing it anyway and then getting an attraction how i mean was like with balaram balaram said there was a a week when he realized oh actually this isn't so bad i like it can you remember a time the difference between oh this seems like a waste of time or drudgery or something like that and then all of a sudden can you remember a moment or a time when you you felt a shift I think for me, it was a gradual experience. So like the more I sat and listened, the more I liked it. And there was actually like, the, it came to a point where I was like, I'm not going to force myself to sit. I actually want to go and sit and listen to the Shasta and lectures. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the essential teachings of bhakti, really, is there's vaidhi bhakti that turns into rag bhakti. So in the beginning, we may have to use our intelligence and the direction of the Shastra and our faith in Shastra that, yeah, this is a good idea. Uh, even though I don't feel like doing it, I do it anyway. Yeah, like sitting for your rounds, the mind may say, oh, you know, this is not so sweet. But if you sit for it anyway and you stay, then the reward is you can get a taste. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, in his you know, if you can get that taste, boy, you're the most fortunate person. That, what if it, the only thing in your heart was, I just want to be there in 
Sarusanga in here. And I just want to sit for my rounds. I can't wait to wake up. I wake up earlier because I want to hear my rounds. How fortunate are you? And if you don't get that, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, then you've wasted your life. Uh, it's, it's, it's just pretty much down the drain. So this is really powerful what you said, Niharika, about you know, feeling that shift. That's, that's a sign of moving uh, into uh, an advanced stage of devotional service that you got to taste. And you prove it by f voting. You really vote with your presence. Those who show up and they're actually there uh, for it. You prove to yourself and of course we're not trying to prove to others but the fact is that you know if you're there listening it means you're in the process and you're making advancement. Anushri. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, I think uh, when I first moved here, um, I guess I didn't really understand, like reading when I sat in classes, I didn't really understand it. And when we, when I went to Kirtan, um, we did shlokas, and I still didn't like. I like I was like, why are we doing so many shlokas? I thought this is good Kirtan, not good shlokas. So, um, yeah, I guess it was kind of like, I didn't really understand like the advanced words yet that they used in the shilkas. But then I thought like, maybe if I keep just listening, um, I'll get a taste for it and understand it when I get older. So I, I just kept trying to do it. And then I think one thing it helped a lot was um, when quarantine started, um, uh, my friends and I, we started doing chanting calls and SP reading calls. So. I still didn't understand that when they, um, when we were reading, but I think listening to other people's realizations and listening to them discuss about it was a lot easier, and I could, like, openly ask questions instead of, like, thinking, like, oh, no, this is a dumb question to ask. I think I was a lot more comfortable, and they helped a lot with that. So, and also, I was thinking about recently the verse in, um, Nectar of Instruction, where it says, um, at first it's bitter, but then it gets sweet as you keep doing it. So then that was, um, I just thought in that perspective. So I kept chanting and trying to like it. So I think that helped a lot, the verses. Yeah, that's amazing that you were informed by that verse. It came into your intelligence that, you know, you had inculcated that verse and then it kind of helped you move into that realm. Yeah. Very interesting. Who can quote the verse? I can say it. Go for, go for it. Um, is it Syat Krishna Nama? Don't oh. say is it, just go for it. Syat Krishna Nama Charita Adisi Sitapya Vidya Vito Patapya Wait. You got it. Okay. Vito Patapya Sumasya Narochikanu Kimpa Daradan Dilam Kalusaiva Jishta that's amazing really amazing it's in there and it's this is a this is an asset you have now eternally really it's gone in there it's a transcendental uh, asset that you keep with you not just in this lifetime but in all lifetimes it's imprinted there it's a spiritual tattoo you've got that's really nice 
Thank you for sharing your realizations, Anushree. Thank you. Really beautiful. Look at Parts here. Parts been one of the steadiest members of the youth community here for so many years. Def definitely love to hear what your experience has been. We've got crosstalk somewhere. Okay, so um, Art, are you there? Go yeah. Um, every time, uh, I mean, once quarantine started, what really helped me is Youth Jam. Like originally, like a lot of adults, like in the lectures, just talk about the realizations, but it wouldn't really like connect with me. But um, after Youth Jam, like even place um, people from like North Carolina or people, um, there there are still kids and have like the same lifestyle as me now. So it really connects with me and helps me. And like sometimes they give me like tips on like on how to like um, survive quarantine. You mean you're keeping in touch with a lot of the kids from the Youth Jam? You made connections in different places? Yeah, kind of. That kind of goes along with that point that Raghunath made about pure association and how important it is, right? That's nice. Thank you very much, Bart. Balaram, who are you missing? Anybody you can unearth? Okay, good for now. Let's see if there's other questions or comments. Thank you everyone for sharing your realizations. It's really important to the community, I think, to see how, the, how all of you are doing because um, really, I think, you know, especially in the Grasta Ashram, main purpose is to make sure that the kids are are happy and advancing in all the different aspects of their life and to hear realizations is uh, heartening that's my theory but, what do you think yes can i add something please i was hoping you would uh, umaraj i was uh, when i was hearing the realization i was just actually thinking uh, this is a Prabhupada's transcendental plot uh, you know my mind completely bewilders. I cannot find any rational logic or anything where I could feed, oh, this is why this is happening. Because starting from Balram, who is, uh, you know, Brindavan Prabhu's little son, who is so much attached to you that he, he recognizes your shoes when he was, I mean, you know, he probably doesn't recognize anybody else. And he told me, Prabhu, you are wearing Mara's shoes. Probably he started speaking on the same day. From that to pre-Akshari, when I scan all the, you know, from the kids to, you know, teenage and people are, I it just bewilders me completely. They are they are the one probably sent to you and you are the one. I think their core attraction is you. Probably they don't want you to admit that. <laughs> I think they are living, going to leave anything and everything for you. And uh, this is something a treat to watch with our open eyes. And I cannot express it openly, so far be my, you know, uh, explanation. So thank you, thank you for you know showing us something that uh, there is a something spiritual world would be like this, where you know everybody, that, you know, when the teenagers are completely distracted in this world, they are attracted to something much much higher, starting from a kid who is a two years old. So you know, I just wanted to add that. Thank you. 
Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. I would just say that, oh yes, please go ahead. I was going to try to- No, uh, I, after, after you, Prabhu, after you. After you, Hansapriya. Thank you, Prabhu. So, Prabhu, thank you for actually bringing out all the kids and having them share uh, their, you know, something from their core of heart, how they feel, what they experience. It's actually so nice to hear from them. And uh, indeed, uh, you and all the kids reminded me of my childhood also. And I was thinking how Krishna consciousness is so dynamic. Because when I, were, I was their age, I used to think, you know, why I have to listen to Krishna? Why I have to not worship Ganesha? Why I should not worship Mother Teresa? So I had all those questions. And knowing that you know krishna gave choice to arjuna instead of you know telling him and he didn't interfere in his free will and it made me realize that krishna consciousness is so dynamic it's not like i tell you so you do so but instead every step of their struggle um, that Krishna stood by him and that made me convinced that okay he's something that I should look into more mm -hmm. and then you go over that journey over the years and you see that every struggle you have then you ask yourself I have a choice here and mm -hmm. every action I take has a consequence so thank you for bringing that you know refreshing my my experience in my childhood and also because I wanted to share this to the kids that how much it helped me that I have a choice every step. Every step is going to be a decision to make. And what helps us, what refines us, what defines us, it depends on the, and the actions we take and the consequences that comes out of it. So, uh, and Krishna consciousness is so dynamic with so many role models, so many devotees who are walking on the earth. And it's a just not a, um, a religious movement, but it's actually a better, if you want to be a human being, then this is the place to be. And <laughs> ISB, ISB has helped me to, you know, feel that every moment. Uh, so thank you for, you know, this morning. I mean, I'm really grateful to you and all the kids. Yeah, very interesting, Hansapri, because in your childhood, you grew up in a temple. That was the environment you were in. Your your elders, your seniors were all devotees. And uh, you grew up in that environment. And I was thinking also when I, I joined when I was 16, and I remember thinking at that time, I wish I had joined earlier. And I always kind of was a little jealous of the kids in Gurukul, because I joined 16 and I was thinking, darn, I wish I could have you know, if it was a few years earlier, I would have been in there. I would have had a chance at being in the Gurukul. So sometimes when I watch you kids, I, vicariously, I'm kind of appreciating what an um, advantage you have to be able to, in that formative years, to be able to really lean into all the practices, even if you don't you know, at first compl have complete understanding of everything that you're doing uh, or full taste. But as I see you getting taste, I mean, it's the most uh, advantageous thing you can do, especially in your youth, because then it really 
it's baked in. It becomes part of your personality and all the assets that you gain when you're at that age, when you're so, uh, your, your senses are so open and receptive. And when you're taking in pure sound vibration, it, it really um, gives you a head start that is invaluable. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. I just want to reiterate what Radha Kripa Prabhu said. And I was just thinking that all the kids are like, you know, weeds and you're the thread that holds everything together. You know, we might do so many things as parents, but um, I know personally that, um, you know, I've told Shiva to put in the bed, you know, clean up before he, you know, when he wakes up and things like that. All of a sudden, one day he started doing and I was wondering what happened. And then he, I had I saw the list of word things that you had taught them and he had put it on the um, you know, the wall. And then, so he was following every bit of it. And I was thinking it took, I don't know if I would have been ages, I would be telling him, <laughs> I don't know if he would have done it, but I think personally it's, it's, it's 99% uh, your presence, Prabhu. Thank you. We are so fortunate. We have some Agyata Sukriti from our past life that we ended up in ISV. Thank you, Prabhu. You know, Sukeshri, you've been really, um, the foundational personality who's kept the enthusiasm for creating an infrastructure so that we have youth here that are really together. And it's made all the difference in the world. And I see my future vision for, for ISV is uh, that we put more into creating that kind of environment for education, uh, for uh, youth, for kids, for youth, for uh, young adults. And the more we trend towards that education, uh, it, it's a perfect niche because really it, it lends well to Krishna consciousness. It perfectly uh, complements the, the um, cultivation of the Sankirtan movement. And it's also something that other people who aren't in Krishna consciousness can relate to that those who take to education in a Krishna conscious environment actually come out way better than when you, you just throw them into any, you know, kind of an environment where they're learning and then they get all kinds of different association that might drag them in different directions. So um, we're going to be depending on you to help to develop it and expand it and in many different directions. Is that okay with you? Hare Krishna. Look at that, Manjula Kant is clapping down there. <laughs> Guru Maharaj, I have a question. Just as we see our children, and it's a, it's a devil's advocate question, but it's necessary for those who, um, who might feel that way. Um, just as we see our children here, uh, you know, who, who blossomed into such nice representatives of the movement and they have found their niche, they found their place in the temple, you know. We also have children who, um, who generally don't tend to deviate towards this by, by natural selection, by natural choice. They, they're not attracted to the youth jam. We try to make them sit in kirtans, they get up and run away. It's just, it's just what we would call not their cup of tea right now. And then with parents who struggle with backgrounds or families where there's no support system for, um, for encouraging this in their children and for parents who feel so like, you know, when is my kid gonna get here? You know, why is my kid not getting this benefit? What is your message to parents like that who are themselves Krishna conscious, but 
they're not able to like, they look at these children and say, where am I falling short? Well, Hansapriya gave us a principle we can live by, and that is it's about free will. Everyone makes a choice, and kids do that too. Really, when traction, the real traction takes place in Krishna consciousness when you make your own choice. And with kids also who grow up in Krishna consciousness, there may be different reasons that they get carried along by momentum, by peer association, but ultimately, uh, you'll notice, they'll notice and everyone else notices when somebody makes their own internal choice and said, this is what I decide I'm going to do based on what I've seen, what I've realized, understood through comparison. Vidyam cha vidyam cha yas tadvedo bayam saha avidya yam ritum tirtva. Yeah, what does that verse mean, somebody? Say, say what it means in the context of our conversation. One of the pundits. The knowledge, the transcendental knowledge, along with the knowledge of nations side by side, allows one to um, transcend the most material nature and attain immortality. Yeah, why do you think I'm, I'm referring to it in this particular conversation? Because it's important to, um, this is in the context of free will and everything. And I think that, I think in the, in the context, it's talking about how with understanding transcendental knowledge alongside the knowledge that we get in the world, which is full of nations and comparing them, we're able to see which one is more complete as well as I think that understanding like, like from personal experience, understanding like knowledge of the nation world just increases your conviction to do spiritual practices simply because um, I mean, it's just, it's just very obvious at one point. Yeah, it's very powerful hearing from all of you, you know, whatever contrast you've noticed, those particular realizations are really powerful because you have a unique perspective. You know, all of you uh, young people, you're able to see both both worlds. I mean, you're not fools, you know what's going on everywhere. You can, you're very perceptive, you see everything. And when you you make the choice, you say, Okay, I like this side better, it feels better. It's, it's, it seems smarter to me, then that is something that can't be taken away. Uh, you know, you can, you can force it on somebody, but until they decide themselves through seeing both and then making a choice say, yeah, I like sublimity better than bashing around in the material world and the, in the grossness of kind of, uh, different forms of sense gratification, the results not the same. I mean, you know, like, how many festivals have we all been through together, where you know, you fast, and you chant all day long, and you just sit there and hear Bhagavatam for six hours. And at the end of the day, can you replace that with a video game or, you know, any kind of intoxication that you can get in the material world? I mean, those who have experienced it, sort of, embody the verse vishaya vinivartante niraharasa dehina rasavarjam rasopyasya parandrishva nivartate that you know there's you know for yourself when you are feeling satisfied and you've got a higher taste so there's no replacement for number one creating an environment that invites everybody to come in 
and experience it because there has to be some cognition where, oh yeah, I like this. That's what makes it happen. There's no rule or regulation that you can impose on somebody and say, you have to do this if they don't want to do it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can lead a man to wisdom, but you can't make him think. Uh, so, you know, having an environment also that is, uh, Avantika once used this word tight-knit. She said, oh yeah, we come from a tight-knit community. You know, there's that sense where it, it's not just official, you know, we're all in this together. It's a family environment. It's very important to have that kind of support. Yeah, I just saw um, Srimadava Mahotsava appear and you grew up in uh, Krishna consciousness. And, you know, do you have any insights you'd like to share? Um, you might have even been in the Gurukula or something. Yes, thank you for giving me the opportunity. As in the Gurukula Night 2, uh, it, was, it was a wonderful experience. Taught me, aside from Krishna consciousness, some things like uh, attachment and simplicity that really, really helped me throughout my life. And uh, it really helped with my son, Abhaitran. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> really helped me, the program, the temple program. Every, everything is just the mercy of Shiva Prabhupada cycles and Shiva Prabhupada. Really, really great fun. I was 10 years in public education. So I really feel bad for children there because uh, it's completely opposite how I was raised. And, uh, that's all I, I can say. It was just a wonderful experience. Yeah, that's irreplaceable to have your own experience like that. And I guess for parents to be patient and uh, set a good example, because, you know, flowers bloom at uh, different rates. You know, every every plant is unique and, and opens, even in the same genus you know, you can put plants, my uh, two tamarind trees I planted at the same time. And one of them came up a month before the other one. It just sprouted up, said, I'm ready. And the other one's like, okay, it didn't, didn't happen. But, and I, but I didn't move it. You know, I just say, oh, well, it didn't happen. I kept watering it anyway. But I had about 0.01 expectation that it would sprout. But then it came up. And so you never know, Krishna consciousness can sprout at any time. And, and that's partly why we cherish devotees so much is because this is an individual choice. It's not, uh, uh, it's not rote. It has to do with your own inspiration that comes from your heart where you say like, I choose to be here, I'm voting that this is what I want to do because your intelligence gets inspired and then you get your heart. This is a saying we've been trying to inculcate in some of our teams and which is, you know, bring the heart and the mind will follow. Because when the heart's there, then you go like, I know something's right about this. I can feel it. And then, like, uh, Vatsa and others this morning have said that, yeah, I looked into it. I started hearing verse on Anushri. She got with her group. And, you know, in that environment, it's a little easier to discuss because you're not afraid to bring things up and like I have to shine or anything like that. You can just be with your friends and discuss Bhagavad Gita purports. And when your intelligence gets fortified and you go, wow, actually this is really brilliant stuff that's coming through here. You know, you have that cognition for yourself. 
then what can be who can stop you? You know, nobody can stop bhakti for any reason when somebody decides that I want to do this. So Prabhupada said our whole movement is based on creating an environment in which people want to do service because it's individual, spontaneous, and voluntary. And minus that, um, you know, you really don't have anything unless unless that's sprouting. And so when it does sprout, that's when we get really excited and we say, well, wow, you're here. You know, why are you here? It's like, I like it. It's like, well, that's the most amazing thing in the world. So sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen. Otherwise, if it was something mechanical, you'd say, well, how come you didn't add two more tablespoons of this? Uh, you know, we can't uh, we can't guarantee it. So Krishna even says in Gita, Manushyanam Sahasreshu Kashidyatati Siddhaye Yatata Mapisidhanam Kashyanam Vetitatvataha. And Bhagavatam says, Muktanam Apisidhanam Narayana Parayana. That this is a rare thing for somebody to take to an exclusive path in their heart that I'm gonna I'm gonna give my devotion to God. It just makes a lot more sense than just being self-centered. It looks much better, doesn't it? If like somebody is doing sacrifice and service, it's like, wow, that's attractive. Let me do that too. And here's a good place. If I give to Krishna, he's the one who can take it all. And actually, you give to Krishna, it's watering the root. Anybody else have any uh, realizations burning a hole in their pocket you want to share? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Am I audible today? Yes, thankfully. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, the kids are very fortunate, but the power of these shlokas, it's like, I remember um, one morning when I suddenly landed up in the San Jose temple, you know, you were like Brahma Samhita was going on. And at that time, I didn't, I, I had never heard it, you know, being chanted like that. And I, have, I didn't understand anything. I could not pronounce even after looking the words, but that had a big, big impact on me that I just felt I have to know this somehow. And I started like, you know, reading it however I could, you know, trying to pronounce correctly and hearing from you, hearing your recording, I had that. So it's just like that, you know, it's such sublime from some other atmosphere that it can, you know, transform anybody, even one who doesn't know the meaning or anything about it. Powerful realization is very transformative, right? And, you know, Prabhupada talks about this in the chapter of Gajendra. He says how Gajendra was a king in his last life in Jajuna, and then he had memorized all these beautiful shlokas and sung them for the Lord. And then in his next life, somehow or other, he became an elephant. And then at a time of his greatest need, he just re he remembered the verses and began singing them. And Prabhupada mentions there that it's really important to learn these things because they stick with you, this life after the, and the next life too. Remember I said that earlier, it's an asset you take with you. Yeah, very powerful. Thank you. Okay, we have time for maybe one or two more. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. I, I just had, wanted to add something that um, once I had um, a question and I had asked Ritadva Jamaraj, and he's very uh, fond of the youth and he spends a lot of time with them. And he said that sometimes we come across youth who might have joined, uh, who might have been born into the movement, but they never made the choice to join yet. 
And that was really profound to me because I've heard stories of um, my mother and many others whose families never supported them in Krishna consciousness, but they actually fought to be Krishna conscious. They fought to eat prasadam. They fought to chant with beads um, to be in the association of devotees. And I had the fortune of being born into it, but um, I, I was really reflecting on that point where um, you, Hansapriya Mataji, had mentioned the power of free will. And it's a constant journey of choosing Krishna uh, over anything else. So um, thank you for reiterating that. Yeah, thank you, Priya. It's an important point. Uh, don't also take it for granted. You know, what we have, I mean, look at now, we we had, you know, you could say, oh, our little room, our little temple we've crammed into, uh, we've always been slightly, uh, you know, overcrowded no matter where we've been from the very beginning of ice. <laughs> In fact, we got kicked out of most of the places we were in because it was just we were too much for it, too much for the environment, you know. Uh, and at the same time, you know, it's like, God, what a what a um, what glorious time we've had. And now, you know, for the lockdown, one of the realizations I've heard a lot is like, we didn't know how good we had it. So whatever situation we're in, whatever we have, we should always really appreciate it that, you know, we have what we have. Let's take advantage of it now. Don't think, uh, oh, it's got to be a different way for me to appreciate it. Or, um, you know, don't forget that it's, it's not an ordinary thing that we have. It's really special. Okay, we'll take one last. Uh, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Oh, Hare Krishna. Uh, Maharaj, uh, thank you for an enlivening session. Uh, you, we just discussed the importance of shloka, memorizing, and you know, you give an example of Gajendra. Uh, personally, I, I have seen with me that um, I, I just can't uh, remember the shlokas very well. And that makes it cyclic for me. I mean, because, you know, my, I don't have a great memory sometimes. I don't feel inspired to, you know, put in more effort. Uh, I mean, I should have actually been doing much more than what an average, you know, person with my memory would be doing. But then I feel, uh, anyways, I won't be able to remember it. So, so what's your advice, suggestion? How should we take this up further? Well, I'm not just advocating for shlokas. I'm just, I'm advocating for the whole lifestyle of Krishna Shlokas is one part of it. I just brought it up in the context of the youth jam because, you know, all of a sudden we just opened the tap and shlokas started coming out really fast as we were doing kirtan. And I was curious what some of the, uh, you know, the youth felt about that, how, how they experienced it. Because, you know, I do impose my will upon others. Um, it's what I've been doing my whole life on Sankirtan. So... Uh, <laughs> But uh, everyone has their own impetus in Krishna consciousness to, to and, you know, we, we started singing that verse about how Parikshit Maharaj, he attained perfection just by hearing, Shukadev just by speaking. Uh, we have um, Marjan Barish, you know, by, by doing service and Akura by offering prayers and each one of them is perfect in their own way. So shlokas is not you know, the badge of ultimate 
advancement in Krishna consciousness. Some people uh, love shlokas like Radhavenka Prabhu, uh, like shlokas better than anybody I've ever met. I mean, he, he like collects them, archives them, sings them, listens to them and everything like that. And, you know, a devotee after my own heart, definitely. But it's not, that's, you know, some some don't uh, memorize lots of shlokas. It's not, not important. The important is, importance is to put your heart and soul into whatever service that you're most attracted to. In fact, that comes up in the Briyat Bhagavatamrita. The question is there, what's the best service? And in uh, Sanatana Goswami's answers, he says, the best service is the one that you're most attracted to, that you like to do. I know some devotees, like Janardhan Prabhu down in San Diego, he's Pujari. You know, I met him through Bhumi. Bhumi met him on the street in Monterey and uh, when she was doing Sankirtan and he had an attraction for Halva. And she kept feeding him more and more halava. And, uh, you know, by the time I met him and we formed a relationship, it was very clear to him that what the main thing he wanted to do in life was to get on the altar and serve Ashishi Radha Giridhari. That was the main thing. And as soon as he was able, you know, he made advancement enough to take second initiation. And then he just lives on the altar, practically. Yeah you know, as the Pajari. And, you know, he's not into memorizing shlokas, uh, but his heart is fully dedicated to his service. So some people, you notice, they really like management. They're really into uh, accounting. You can do that for the Lord also. Our basis is always there, hearing and chanting of everything, Shavanam Kirtanam, but as far as how you serve, where you serve, what you do for service, that really depends on your on your temperament and, it, and it's mm -hmm. all good. And you've been an example of a visionary for the Krishna consciousness movement because of you, there's this whole pipeline that's opened up. I would say that, you know, your utsahan, your enthusiasm for sharing Krishna consciousness with, other, with others has made not just a, a local difference, but an international difference in the whole movement. Uh, what, what you started really with your enthusiasm. Uh, so, you know, if you put your heart and soul into those kinds of things, this is the perfection of life. Everybody should do that. Okay. Thank you. No, thank you, everybody. Not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, hey, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman, not to the Armarman.